Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Thanks for rolling with us today. We're going to let you uh, take part in the show coming up here in 20 minutes with a little bit of something we like to call, tell us what you're thinking. But uh, joining us right now on the BuyerSafety.com hotline, he joins us every Friday at this time. We greatly value his football opinion of DallasCowboys.com. It's our buddy, Brian Broaddus, how are we doing today, Mr. Broaddus? Doing well, boys. Really appreciate uh, you and KT showing up here at the uh, Star. That they had a great time uh, working with you guys, so uh, that was a lot of fun. Yes, the Cowboy Happy Hour was Cowboy good time. Lindsey was there. Charles Haley yeah, was there. Yeah, and you made I thought a really good uh, impassioned argument that hey, you don't take anybody lightly and the idea that the Cowboys are just going to roll out there and cover the spread people need to think again on that no I I just think it's my experience of you know being in athletics you know and I I just so many times I've you know been in situations where you know you 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 look at the other team and, and I know just talking to Jason Garrett today you know they're looking at that tape and you know they're seeing that the that the Patriots you know had to score a late touchdown in the first half to make that a 13 and nothing game and then you know the second half got away from the Dolphins they had some bad turnovers and stuff but yeah I I mean to me this is one of those games where you know that you just never know what's going to happen in the National Football League because it's a strange lady as I like to say and you know teams show up week to week and are the Dolphins more talented than the Cowboys no they're not and you know is their best chance to make it a really competitive game uh, in Ryan Fitzpatrick's hands, probably was. But, you know, now you got Josh Rosen, and, you know, they obviously feel like that he gives them the best chance. And, you know, this could very well be a game where the Cowboys are, you know, without several starters. I mean, I'm just going to give you names of guys that are going to have to play significant snaps in this game. Devin Smith, Cedric Wilson, Kerry Hyder, Tristan Hill, Christian Covington, Darian Thompson, Dorrance Armstrong. Those are guys that you're going to rely on this weekend uh, to to find a way to beat the Dolphins. And, you know, that's a great equalizer for the Dolphins, the fact that, you know, the Cowboys have several guys that are out. and But, you know, the Dallas is rolling along pretty well offensively. They really haven't really established much of a pass rush. That's what I was worried about in this game, if all of a sudden Ryan Fitzpatrick is sitting back there throwing it 45, 50 times in this game, and all of a sudden it's no pass rush, and he's, you know, completing passes to Devontae Parker and others. So, um, you know, we'll see. But I, I just, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I really do. I'm not saying it's going to be a 21-20 to 20 game. But I, I feel like that, uh, you know, the Cowboys will do what they have to do to win the game. They'll run the ball. They'll show some balance. And then, you know, uh, hopefully they will be able to play good enough defense uh, to, to get the victory. Yeah, I, I... – I think it's uh, you just never know how these games are going to go, and it wouldn't be shocking considering how hard it is to predict what's going to happen in the league if it wasn't a blowout. But in the event that it is a blowout, Jason Garrett's always been a guy to me who has always left guys in a little bit longer than where I what I would like to keep him in, but obviously it's worked for him. If this does get ugly and it does get to be a blowout, 
could you see Garrett maybe getting Cooper Rush into this game and, and some of the guys that just to make sure that nobody gets hurt? I think he's already playing those guys. He's got Devin Smith, Cedric Wilson, Kerry <laughs> right. Hyder, Tristan mm-hmm. Hill, Robert Quinn. You know, he's got he's he's already playing his guys. So, yeah, no, I you know to me, if you go back, I think David Hellman, and so you probably need to to check this. You right. probably need to check this is yeah. If it's <laughs> Hellman involved, you probably need to check. Yeah, I think Jason Garrett only has twelve blowout wins in his coaching tenure here at the Dallas Cowboys, wow. and and he's won. I think he's won now seventy eight or seventy nine games in his career. And so think of all the games that he's been a part of, and I believe only 12 of them have been blowout wins. So, you know, he's not a, he, you know, they were, they were a team last year. I think it was 13 to 16 games that they were seven points or less in. So, you know, it, it, Jason Garrett, to me, it's with, with him, it's more like, okay, we get a big lead. What have we seen really the first two weeks, get a big lead and I'll start giving up garbage touchdowns all of a sudden, you know, kind of a thing. So yeah, I, I, I'm, Again, I'm not trying to blow smoke up people's butts here and tell them, oh, yeah, the, the, this is going to be, you know, the, the Dolphins are going to come in here and give you a run. I, I'm just saying, though, they've lost two games on the road, or excuse me, at home. You know, you get on the road sometimes and you're like, you know what, just get away. Let's, let's pull this thing together. Let's play as hard as we can. I think Garrett has to be worried about Brian Flores treating this as a, like, hey, we got nothing to lose game. And all of a sudden you're going for it on fourth down. You're running fake punts. You're onside kicking. You're doing you're, – you're calling the game in an unorthodox way, and now it messes up what you're trying to do, focusing on your own team. So, uh, you know, I mean, you have to be aware of what's – not only what they – what you've seen on film – but those unknown things that you haven't seen them do and maybe stuff that, you know, Brian Flores being a first-time head coach, he's saying, well, you know, I've got to do something to kind of get my team back and and maybe that's the way we play. Okay, I want to ask you this question. Does Do you know what constitutes a, a blowout win? What do you said, 12 blowout wins? Is, there, is that a number? Is it double digits? Is it double digits? Yeah, is it's got to be double digits, yeah. As I pulled it up. In terms of winning percentage, Jason Garrett is the 50th, Winningest head coach in NFL history. Yeah. In terms of winning percentage, that's three percentage points ahead of Bill Parcells. Yeah. Ten percentage points ahead of Wade Phillips, and twelve percentage points ahead of Mike Ditka. Yeah. Oh my God! Sixteen percentage points ahead of Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Maybe be careful. What you, maybe maybe it's a be careful what you wish for situation with Jason. Well, I think it's a oh, situ- man. I think it's a situation like you say. He he goes and tries to win the game. However, I mean, again, they might they might turn to Ezekiel Elliott in this game and say, you know, because they're they're going to dress only four wide receivers. You know, and 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 eleven personnel has been one of their best personnel groups. Uh, you know, the 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 Dolphins have had problems. I, I believe it's you know you look at with the Dolphins, and I was watching the tape, and it didn't seem like they covered the tight ends very well. So all of a sudden, Witten and Jarwin and those guys. Maybe that's why the Cowboys are thinking, okay, we could play eleven personnel, but we only need three wide receiver or four wide receivers to do it, and we can use Blake Jarwin as a as a guy, or we could use Tony Pollard. So you know, they're they're. This might be a game where he, like you said, he he tries to play with some balance. Maybe we'll see a little bit more of Ezekiel Elliott run the football. I think the Dolphins are giving up about four point eight a carry, but a lot of teams have been ahead of them, uh, and they've you know trying to run out the game and stuff like that. So you know, it might be a little bit lower scoring game than uh, we might be accustomed to. Okay, so do you subscribe to this theory that you're used to a certain thing? It's only been two weeks, but by them switching to Rosen now gives yeah. them a little bit of an advantage. See, that's where I asked Garrett this question: Do you play for the Do you play for the scheme or do you play for the the player? And you know, and he answered the question in a way of like, 
listen, we if we have to go back and look at film of Josh Rosen playing at Arizona, and Josh Rosen's numbers, I believe, in seven games, you know, has not been very good. I mean, it was one one touchdown, five interceptions. I, I like I say, I, I feel better about playing against him than I do against you know Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because Fitzpatrick, I don't think gives a damn. I think he's if he throws five interceptions, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He's just going to keep throwing the ball. This guy tries to be a little bit more perfect, Josh Rosen. So I think it's going to be a different attack. But yeah, it, it is it is going to be a switch for them because I don't think the ball is going to go down the field as much as it will with Fitzpatrick because Devontae Parker is a is a is a is a pretty good player. I mean, he's a big, tall, rangy guy that they throw a lot of 50-50 balls to. And so it might be a little bit different there. But, yeah, the, the you know with Garrett, he was like, yeah, you have to look at the scheme, but you also have to go back and evaluate the player. And so this just tells me that they've gone back and they're looking at Arizona film and, and seeing how Josh Rosen handled those situations. Brian, with the success Kellen Moore has had, assuming he continues to have that Young success, Bill Walsh, yeah. do you think uh, other teams will come calling? Uh, you know, I always kind of thought that Kellen Moore would be a really good coach at UNLV or something like that. But I guess he's uh, kind of upped his game a little bit. Yeah, you know, I mean, you never know. These these people become enamored with guys that can move the football, you know. And if Kellen Moore can move the football, it proves that he could be, uh, you know, that he could do it a number of different ways. You know, and again, this game might be the first two weeks we've seen 11 personnel exclusively. Maybe this week he gets in some 12 personnel stuff and says, okay, I'm going to show you how I can run the ball here and come with some more play action stuff off that, you know. And so, yeah, it, you know, the people are always interested. You, you talk to him. He's a very bright guy. Uh, you know, I had a lot of fun talking with him even pre-draft, you know, when he goes out and evaluates quarterbacks and stuff like that. I always see him in the, you know, the cafeteria in the morning. We kind of, you know, he's waiting for his uh, cheese omelet as I'm waiting for mine as well. And we're just kind of talking about, you know, players and stuff, but always been really enjoyed talking with him and stuff. And you watch what he did as a, a collegiate quarterback. But I always thought he'd be a really good college a college uh, uh, type of a head coach, but maybe he'll get some more opportunities if uh, things work out for him in the NFL. All right, before we let you bounce, what are your Robert Quinn expectations? Well, okay, this is a couple of things, I, and I wrote about this. I have a thing I recommend if you could read it later in the day. It's called Final Thoughts is what I have, and I wrote about Robert Quinn, and Robert Quinn right now is with no Crawford in this game, uh, you know, no Crawford at right defensive end. It means that Robert Quinn is likely going to have to play quite a bit of this game. Now, Robert Quinn in practice for the last three days has been the starter at right defensive end. Okay, now was he starting at right defensive end because they were trying to get him you know, back in the swing of things, more snaps, more acclimated to what they're doing? Or is uh, Dorrance Armstrong going to start at right defensive end and he's going to be the sub? So, I, you know, I feel like, though, gut feeling says that he's probably going to start this game. But, I, you know, I, there was a side of me that said, man, are they just doing this to get him snaps? But, I, you know, my expectations are that, you know, they have a plan for him, much like they had a plan for Lawrence and Crawford and those guys. You know, if they can, if the Cowboys offense can kind of keep the, keep the ball moving and keep the defense off the field, you probably see this guy play 30, 35 snaps, and, and that would be pretty good for him. And that means that Dorrance Armstrong and then also Joe Jackson would be behind him and taking up the other snaps. Thank you, Broadus. Have a great weekend, Appreciate brother. it, boys. Thank you. There he goes, courtesy of our friends at Windstar World Casino and Resort. Uh, that's where they let the good times roll. That's our buddy Brian Broadus. All right, before we move on to the next segment, gentlemen, KT, do we have some uh, audio we want to yeah, dig in on? Yes, this is uh, Gardner Minshew-related uh, audio. This is from the Amy Lawrence show, and uh, listen to this chaos. 
Kyle says on Twitter, my daughter goes to Washington State University. When Minshew was there, all the fans wore fake mustaches, and the girls had signs that said, I want a mustache ride. What is that? Uh, I don't even know if I want to know what that means. Is it innuendo? <laughs> that I'm too old to understand, too old and too uncool to understand. Should I have not read it on the air? Are you now going to dump that part of the show? Because no, it's, it's a not family program. It's, it's very heavily innuendoed. Huh. I'm so glad I'm not cool. I'm so glad that I do not understand what the kids say these days. I want a mustache ride. Okay. Okay, okay first of all, you're on the overnight show. So no, we're not going to dump what you said. Okay, you're on the overnight show. That had a real Andy but, Benoit vibe to oh it, man. didn't it? Yeast beast. Ye- okay, I sense that you're now wanting me to say yeast beast. <laughs> I want a mustache ride. <laughs> I want to hear it holding again. Because you can hear the moment. You can hear the moment where she sees her producer look up with his eyes oh, bugging out and yeah. his mouth don't, dropping. Don't say that. Kyle says on Twitter, my daughter goes to Washington State University. When Minshew was there, all the fans wore fake mustaches. And the girls had signs that said, I want a mustache ride. What is that? Uh, I don't even know if I want to know what that means. Is it innuendo? <laughs> that I'm too old to understand, too old and too uncool to understand. Should I have not read it on the air? Are you now going to dump that part of the show? Because no, it's, it's a not family dumpable, program. It's, it's very heavily innuendoed. Because it's not huh. I'm so glad I'm not cool. I'm so glad that I do not understand what the kids say these days. It's not dumpable. I'm so glad I'm not cool. Okay, so like... Ten seconds after she says it, she's like, I want a mustache ride. He's like, No, it's a double now. (laughs) I like there's a little part there where she did a quick key bump after one of the things she said. That was pretty wild. Oh, Amy. Uh, So, yeah, it's her friend Amy Lawrence doing a kick ass job overnight. All right, Submit and Skin Show 1053. Wait, by the way, the guy who texted in Kyle was talking about his daughter. Did we not catch any part of that? He's just doing a bit. No, that's really Kyle. Uh, anyways, it's the Bennett Skid Show, 105.3 The Fan. <laughs> Coming up next, you guys want to do a little bit of, tell us what you're thinking. You guys want to load up the phones yeah. at 877-881-1053? Let's do that. We'll load up the phones at 877-881-1053, and we'll do a little bit of, tell us what you're thinking. Next on 105.3 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Thanks, Shippy. It's a bit in Skin Show 105.3. The Fan Happy Football Friday, everybody. Happy Area 51 Raid Day. I mean, whatever you got cooking this weekend, we support you. The new iPhone comes out today. There's so much popping in the universe. There it goes. Uh, Getting you ready for a little Dallas Cowboys blowout action. Although... Broadus did get me thinking in that direction, like, uh-oh, maybe we shouldn't count these chickens. They're not hatched. Well, that's just a good example of Broadus as a legit football man. Yeah. You know, legit football men take these things seriously. We're already planning parades and mustache rides. That's true. That's true. Um, okay, mm. hey, uh, am I too old to know what a mustache <laughs> ride is? I it's want not- a mustache <laughs> ride. 
When she just walks in the door and announces that. I want a mustache ride. Someone's like, what? A bunch of guys are having their fantasy draft or playing poker, and she kicks the door in. I want a mustache ride. Oh. Hello. Hello. She's holding a pizza. (laughs) Boomer's in there trying to record a sports minute, and he's like, what? I don't understand. I I want a mustache ride. Yes, you're too old to understand what that is. Okay, uh, coming up uh, here momentarily, the G-Bag Nation is going to join us. But one of the things we really like to do Uh. is include you in the conversation on 105.3 The Fan. That's why we open up the phone lines at 877-881-1053, and we allow you to call in sometimes and... Tell us what you're thinking. And this is an opportunity to do that. So don't ask us how we're doing. Uh, Just get right into your point. Be as succinct as you possibly can. Make sure your radio is turned down, and all you got to do is... Tell us what you're thinking. So with more on this genius segment that he created in his own KT brain, here's Kevin KT Turner. In general, I think uh, we typically stay local, but I thought this was an interesting one. Let's go to line three, Shippy. Jerry in Illinois. Jerry, tell us what you're thinking. Hey. Hello? Hey. Yep. Oh, okay. Hello? Just wanted, uh, just wanted to tell you guys how much I love all all the shows. Your guys are the best, but I love them all. And uh, to be honest with you guys, I'm not even a Cowboys fan, but with all the funny talk you guys do, you guys are all awesome. Hell yeah. Thank you, dude. We love ah. you back. We love you more. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And all you guys just keep on doing uh, a real good job. Hey, I yeah. want a mustache ride. Yeah, if you ever come to town, <laughs> we'll give you a mustache ride, man. Thanks. Yeah, keep all on. Right, thank you, guys. Keep on trucking. What? Keep on trucking. I guess he is in Illinois. There's a lot of trucking highways up there. What are you, an 18-wheeler mud flap? It's it's interesting because I feel like if you're just a listener, you could go, hey, KT could just get one of his friends to call in and say that. But that was a legitimate call from Illinois. I asked the guy, I said, are you listening on the stream? And he goes, yeah, I listen to Radio.com up every day. By the way, speaking of your friends, didn't you have a friend that used to be named Mud Flap? No. (laughs) Didn't have a front door? No. (laughs) That was... Love you, Olney. No, that was... Uh, a girl. Uh, you had a girlfriend named Mudflap? <laughs> no, 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 no. That, no, no, no. The, wow. the girl this, hold on. This, a, the this is a story of Sir. death. This, no matter what, this is a story of death. I guarantee well, I don't know. I may have lost touch, but her parents were both brother and sister. <laughs> and she didn't have a door. I kind of personally felt bad for her. Then why do you keep bringing it up on air? Yeah, why are you making fun of her? I didn't bring it up. Give somebody a mustache ride. Wait, why? Are you, what are you bringing up? It, the question was, What's did you have a friend segment? named Mudflap, and you said no, and then you went into another story. The door came up, though. Oh, okay, and that's the, fair. There was her, that's there was the yeah. incest oh, girl's door. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Right. Sorry, that's about, sorry about that. Let's go to Chase in Dallas, line five. Chase, <laughs> tell us what you're thinking. Hey, guys, what I would really like to see this weekend is for the Cowboys to take the lead that we pretty much know that they can. And then once they get, say, a 17, 20-point lead, have Kellen flip the offense back to what we were doing last year. No play action, no nothing, just basic, boring offense. Man. I threw the analytics of it up just so when everyone's looking back and trying to project its going future, it's throwing a little blip in the radar. That, you know who does that, and Ben, you pointed this out, uh, Belichick does that, especially in blowouts. He'll go out there and he'll just start calling wild plays he would never call, changes up stuff just to screw up the charting of what you're doing. He very much believes in – you know, putting things on film that can help with deception down the road. And he'll sit there and hold his best play. He won't waste it. And he'll he'll also put out a lot of fake plays just to confuse opponents. And uh, hopefully that's all a part of the Cowboys now playing chess instead of playing checkers. All right, so just real quickly, think about that. Think about the mentality and how different that's always been from Garrett. Garrett doesn't care about clock management and giving the ball back to Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees. Meanwhile, here's a guy thinking about film he's going to put out there for the playoffs in two months. I mean, just, ugh. 
God, I hope they've fixed all that. I think they have. I hope so, man. It's still hard to know. It's hard like to you know. Gotta, you, feel, you have a good feeling, but it's still hard to know. Right, because you haven't really been in a significant game, and you probably won't until next week. And the offense will have a week where they don't look good. Like they're not going to have play sixteen great offensive games, so there's going to listen. There will come a time, probably probably sooner than later, where we go. Well, what's going on there? Does everybody remember mm-hmm. the Super Bowl? Those were two offensive juggernauts that sucked offensively for the yeah. majority of the game. Yeah, it happens. Who's offensively? Huh? Andy in Arlington, <laughs> line six. Andy, tell us what you're thinking. How's the weather today, gang? <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Huh? Not bad. I mean, it's, I love you guys, Kevin. You're my favorite man crush on the radio, sir. Thanks, Andy. Is this? Ken, I've got to, I've got to take you to a ride to Toby Keith Town, sir, because I'm going to put a boot in your yin yang. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. I'm defending this Mavericks off season, sir. Okay. This is going to be like one of your hot jazz music takes for a documentary <laughs> review. Yeah, I love this guy. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it strong to the hole, dog. It's more like a layup, but I don't know. Did you? Are you going to do it, or did you? Are you, are you yeah. Are you out of you can. We'll give I you the opportunity. Myself, excuse me. No, it's fine. You you have the stage, so whatever you'd like to do, if you'd like to dunk on skin or take, any of us, go ahead. Take me to task. Ben, I love you. I'm too scared to talk like this. Oh man! You're the best. Yeah, it was a disaster. What are you thinking, homie? Wait, what? What, what was that? The off season was a disaster. You hyped up Patrick Beverly. Are you kidding, player? I would love to have had Patrick Beverly. The Mavs didn't want him. Don't be you mad. Don't need his broke self. Come on, homeboy. Well, then they didn't get him. So what are you pissed about? Thank God. <laughs> Keep going. This is great. I love your pacing. And- Another thing, sir. 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 KP6 is going to kill it. Yo! KT6? I think he he tapped out. No, he's still going. You're still going, right? I love Gavin Dawson. That's all I got to (laughs) say. Wait, you're done? Oh, Ben, you're my favorite, man. You're always in my tree of trust. <laughs> you're the best caller we've ever had. Do you want to send, a, sh- this you want to send a shout out or anything? Can we, where, how do we follow you on Mark social media? Brooks, I love your music and skin. You can kiss it. Okay. Love you. <laughs> I love you, too. Thank you so much. <laughs> God, that guy awesome. was incredible. Pretty good. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Pretty good. Can we go from uh, line six to line nine here, Shippy? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dalton, who's traveling on uh, 121. Let's go to Dalton. Tell us what you're thinking. Yeah, guys, so I actually pulled over into a uh, gas station shop here. I don't know how I'm going to follow Andy here. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of at a loss for words, but what I will tell you, something to watch out for. The Cowboys scored that first Devin Smith touchdown on an exact same play that the Redskins ran against the Eagles in week one where Terry McLaurin scored his touchdown. What I like about that is Kellen Moore being so petty that he's taking plays from other good offensive minds and using them against them. Unfortunately, the Dolphins didn't score last week, so they can't take a touchdown from them. (laughs) But in the future, wouldn't it be hilarious that they just took plays from the team scoring the week before and used it against them? 
It'd be a good bit if you, and especially if you have the uh, wherewithal to pull it off each week. Yeah. That's then, about as cocky a thing as you can do. But I think it'd kind of be akin to everybody sneaking into the conference room and having your fantasy football draft on the company dime. Mm-hmm. Once Garrett found out that uh, somebody was doing a bit on his watch, he would <laughs> shut it down. He'd be so angry. Hey, Kellen, get in my office. You're doing bits? <laughs> what the hell are you thinking? You can't have your fantasy draft at work. What if they were having bring your uh, dog to work day up there right near Garrett's <laughs> office? Do you think he'd like that? He's like, how does everyone bring their puppy up here to work? We're trying to watch film right. and get ready. It's like a process. I just, man, I, I can't get past the pacing of that one caller. It was so good. It was really good. It was so good. I think he had a lot more material. We just ran out of time to I get know. to all of it. I just loved it. The pacing was just phenomenal. There's, can anybody top that? I, I doubt it. Now, we could take an unscreen call. No, let's <laughs> I mean, try it. Why we'll not? Have, do we have the balls line? to do here, that? Y'all, you guys call the line out. We got plenty of lines. One unscreened. Uh, tell me, is this the final call of the week on the bit? Is you this got it, uh, skin. Line 69? Nine? 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 Yep. Good. Tell us what you're thinking. Yeah, I was wondering if uh, KT could put me in touch with the girl whose mud flap door was open. <laughs> and that is the way to walk out on a high. Thank you so much. Yeah. Caller number nine. Sir. Kevin, do you want to answer his question? Sir. Yes, I am. Uh, All right, coming up next. I'm surprised you didn't have a story, story about death and only. <laughs> Usually every time. Long story. All right, coming up next, let's get into the incredible Jerry Jones hot dog audio with the G-Bag Nation. Oh, we'll see if they think the Cowboys can cover this spread, and we'll uh, see what they got coming up on their show next on 105.3 The Fans. Hey, uh, let's, uh, let's pontificate on this for a moment. This was from Cal Watkins a few moments ago. Here's a quote from Demarcus Lawrence on Taco Charlton. Taco, always a brother. Congratulations on him getting another opportunity with Miami, but he still got to keep that same hot boys mentality as he travels and goes on his journey. He ain't here for us to hold his hand no more. Wow. A little shot fired there. That was. There's also support in there where he's like, hey, he's got to keep that hot boy mentality. It's like, but he didn't have it. That's why he's not here. That's why I think Tank is such an amazing leader of your team because he is tough and edgy, but at the same time really loving and caring. You yeah. know, I, yeah. I think he's I think he's blessed in a way when it comes to the communication and, and talking to people. And I, I think that's Tank's genius shining through right there in that tweet. Yeah, and in Miami, I'm hearing that uh, Taco starting the lukewarm boys. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're not going to do well. No, they're not going to do well. Not going to do well at all. You know, the other interesting thing about Taco is that's just another continuation of his brilliant real talk. Like he's very yeah. good at just saying mm-hmm. what things are and just, hey, look, we're not, this isn't uh, antagonistic. This is just the reality of the situation. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully, you know, Taco gets some kind of a wake up call because I think it's possible for him to have an NFL career, maybe not as a starter, maybe not as a pro bowler. But if you have the right attitude, that that's the most damning thing to come out of this is to hear Jerry Jones with you guys earlier. You know, there was just no motivation and he couldn't take setbacks. Well. Right. Right. I, I, I mean, to not be and I'll tell you what as much as we want to be on taco to not understand from a scouting perspective you're dealing with a guy who's mentally compromised to that extent they got to up their game when it comes to the test to get into the psychology yeah because if 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 you knew the guy didn't have a plus physical tools but you wanted to reach because he was long and you saw a couple of good games in college okay but you know he's gonna have to be a try hard and you couldn't figure out that this try hard also is mentally soft it's on the Cowboys too. I don't, you know, and I don't know enough about psychological testing to know 
because we were talking about this earlier, and I do think the type of thing that happened to Taco usually doesn't happen to a first-round draft pick in college. Like you now, unless they well, Michigan's a great school, but usually they haven't had that type of setback to where you know they're just displaying bad body language and all that type of stuff, right? Usually those yeah, guys usually are, they're better than the people that they're playing against, right? Even at Michigan, right? But it, it once you get to the NFL, then it really and I, I'm sure, man, people that do psychological testing go, well, there's this signifier and that signifier. I think that's we've gotten into this before. Danny Ainge being way into the. The brain patterns or the different 12 brain types, or I can't remember oh, exactly. Oh, Jonathan Neednoggle. Yes. Yeah. Oh, bring yes. that back yes, up. I have a brain typer. Needle he probably noggin. would have gone, well, gentlemen, if you look at Taco's brain type, you would have known that adversity would have shut him down. What about if it was like, well, if you'd watched him play in college, you would have seen there's 12 plays a game where he looks like he's not interested. Okay, so Tristan Hill, uh, there's people are constantly bringing his name up here with Taco, and and it's it's not fair to Tristan Hill to bring his name up to Taco because Taco's story has unfolded over time. But there are unique comparisons. I do like the idea of a guy being a young player and seeing that the Cowboys aren't just going to let a guy stick around because he was a high draft pick. I like everybody on the team seeing that. Yeah, but there is this correlation, isn't it? True that in college Tristan would take some plays off, and he did. Kind of quit on one team, but later they kind of figured out that that was because of something that maybe was worth quitting. I don't know, but uh, like, what are the similarities to you guys? To me, the process to which they got picked is very similar. Yeah. And that the Cowboys said, hey, we're taking a defensive end in the first round, and then we're going to take some corners in the second and third. That's how they ended up with Taco. And with Tristan Hill, anytime that we can tell you who they're going to pick before the draft starts and they pick at 58, they've already pigeonholed themselves in we were telling you about Tristan Hill for weeks leading up to the draft that that's who they were going to pick at 58 if you already know that that's a problem Mm -hmm. and the problem is that they needed an under tackle they needed a three technique and they knew the one that would be available they knew the ones that wouldn't so they were zeroed in on him from the get-go just like they were zeroed in on any defensive end at number 27 when they picked taco so I think that's depressing me very much right now I think that's very worrisome because this is part of the debate between need and best player available. Taco wasn't their best player available. Neither was Tristan Hill. Right. But they picked him because that was a position that they thought they needed. And that's how you get yourself in trouble. That's why there's got to be a combination of those two things. The Tristan Hill story had a bit more, it is a little more definite, though, in the process that happened. The Taco thing, I don't think anyone ever found out truly what happened. But the Tristan Hill, I mean, it was a couple of days after the draft. They talked about Chris Richard coming in saying, no, I don't need Juan Thornhill, the safety. He said, no, right. the games are won in the trenches, and they're thinking in their head Malik Collins' contract and all that stuff. But, no, the Tristan Hill thing back at college, the immaturity issues and things like that, there there were questions about him not being a bad teammate, but he was kind of a solo mission guy, you know, I thought kinda, the, I he thought wasn't the, a starter. The new coaching staff and he did not see eye to eye. Yeah. But, did, but his old staff that went to Nebraska, didn't they rave about him? They, they liked him. They liked him. Yeah. The new staff came in, he fought with the defensive coordinator. And he wasn't starting, and he pouted. So I just the, the the red flag for me, and not knowing the situation, going how is it that an NFL second round pick can't get along with whatever the college defensive coordinator is to the point where he's going to go, yeah, here's an NFL player, go out there and kick everybody's tail. That's where you go. Oh, that yeah, that's an eyebrow raise, and I think also that part of this is probably uh, everybody has an ego, right? I have an ego. You've got an ego. Everybody's oh, yeah. got an ego. Uh, and they believe in their ability to do whatever it is that they're doing. 
I think when you get to the NFL coaching level, I think that's it requires, maybe not requires, but a lot of times it comes with a really big ego. And I think you have that with some coaches on the Cowboys staff when it comes to looking at players and saying, I can get the best out of him. I think Rod Marinelli looked at Taco at his best and said, I can bring that out of him. I think he saw Tristan Hill and then worked Tristan Hill out, and he said, I can get the best out of him. And when it didn't work with Taco, it raises alarm bells for me. Like, okay, it didn't work. You thought that you were going to be able to take his absolute best plays, and that was going to be him all the time because you're Rod Marinelli. You're the greatest defensive line coach in the league. And now you believe you can do it with Tristan Hill. I heard you guys earlier. I don't know which way I go with that, where it's like, well, they knew this about Taco and still took Tristan. Mm -hmm. Does that make you believe in him more or make you go, wow, you're just about to do a repeat? Yeah, I heard that. I think Rod's had a lot of success with guys that match that profile, but every now and then you're going to get one who's just, you can't kickstart the engine. Okay, you know what's real? Here's a great example, though, of the weirdness of that. He got a lot out of Henry Melton in Chicago, but didn't get anything out of Henry Melton here. Remember that? Yeah. He coached him in Chicago. He was old and hurt. Well, I know, but, I mean, Henry was a great guy. Everybody interacted with him, but I think Henry was here for, man, it's great to be back home. I'll take a check. I think in a perfect world, you don't worry about hurt feelings and no one has an ego, and you tell all of your coaches when you're drafting, we know what you think, and we don't care. We can't wait for you to coach the guys that we pick, mm-hmm. but they're going to be picked by Will and the scouts. They're going to pick you the best players with the best motor, with the best chance of success. Then you're going to put your magic on them. So with with Taco, it was obvious that, okay, T.J. Watt was there. Now, whether he would fit in the scheme or whatever, there's a, there's for Cowboy fans, there's a player to compare to. For Tristan Hill, who is that guy? Like, who's the other guy that would have been – like, if you guys, if KT and Kavanaugh were drafting – I don't know. We're going back in time. Who would you have taken at that moment? I know this. Is oh, a tough my guy was Taylor Rapp. Did that pick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I, to me, the, the he, no Taylor Rapp was University of Washington strong safety. He's in San Francisco, or no, he's in L.A. as a Ram. Is kind of a, I guess they're six DB because he's playing a decent amount, but he's not technically a starter. And then Juan Thornhill was the other name, and he's starting for the Chiefs right now. Yeah. So we liked the safeties that were available there when they picked Tristan Hill. There were actually three safeties available. Nasir Adderley of Delaware, Taylor Rapp of Washington, who went to the Rams, and then Juan Thornhill, who went to the Chiefs. For me, it probably would have been Juan Thornhill, but I was even you know, in the in the boat of messing around with Andy Isabella, the wide receiver <laughs> for the Cardinals took at that point. So All guys that are playing. I, I like Tristan Hill. I, I didn't have a problem with Tristan Hill. I think I kind of understood that Tristan Hill probably wouldn't play much this year, though. Well, uh, is, did you? Didn't you assume that he would play 30% of the snaps behind Malik Collins? They didn't have another three-tech. I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess. I, guess it, I, I never once thought of him as a starter. Dude, Bryce thinks he's going to play a lot this week. I mean, he kind of has to at this point, but yeah. uh, I think it was Mickey that told us on Wednesday that he was very close to suiting out against Washington, and when we did the happy hour with uh, Haley and Broaddus and them on Wednesday night. Broaddus was bullish on the idea that Hill was going to have an opportunity, maybe even be in on some third and long situations with a chance to make a pass rush play. That so. would be nice. And I don't want to like write off Tristan Hill's career because of Taco Charles. Right. That's unfair. I don't even know the guy. Right. But right. I do think there's enough parallels that you go, ooh, that's not good. What is the number, by the way, for you guys? I'm assuming everybody on the show is taking the over with the Cowboys Dolphins. Is anybody I'm taking not the, actually. I'm really? taking the under. Because I think it's going to be something like 33-6. to six. I don't think the Dolphins are going to do their part to hit the over. What's Wait, the if, total? It's thir- if it's 33-6, and six, you cover. It's 47. Oh, you're, you're, talk- oh, you're, you're talking, talking about, about spread. the spread. The oh, spread. my bad, my bad. Yeah. You yeah. get your gambling lingo. Oh, I, sorry, sorry. I do think they'll cover. Uh, okay, I think they'll cover. You think they'll cover? I think it'll be a closer game than 21. Oh, 48 wow. to 10. 
38. Uh, the okay. 43 now? 48. Well, I'm, I'm making a big bet on the Dolphins. <laughs> it's 23. Yeah. Gallup's out. Uh, you have injured players. You're going to come off the field in the second half. Garrett's going to ask, get this stuff off film. We got to go conservative. They'll be running the ball on every first down by midway through the third yeah, quarter. Yeah, but then the Dolphins are going to throw two pick sixes in the second half that you can't Possible. stop. Who, who, Possible. Hey, I was thinking about this too. When you get into blowout mode, I was wondering who's going to have more carries in this. Think about a fantasy standpoint, Zeke or Pollard. And and it'll probably be Zeke, but the idea is you'd want your backup to come in and get a ton of carries. But Pollard's not a guy who really can take a, a heavy load, at, right? So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Who else is – is there going to be another running back guy? Because – I don't think you're worried about Pollard, though, right? Because Zeke exists. So if you're up – just if you were up 27-3 to 3, midway through the third – I bet Pollard ends up with twelve or fourteen carries. Okay, because I don't think I don't. You don't care, right? Mm-hmm. Like if uh, okay, maybe if, even more than that if you're just trying to get the clock over. Get Ola Wale yeah. back there getting some carries. Right, he's built for this, right? Yeah, give him to Maze. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Well, that's the only thing that could stop this from being, you know, hitting the over or hurting their chances of covering. The time of the game will be faster. It's just going to grind to a halt. I yeah. think. I, I I agree. I mean, I think that I think the time of the game will be uh, much faster because the clock's going to keep moving. And she can kind of get through it, I think. But I do think that the Rosen coming in for Fitzpatrick, you know, at first I do think it's like a good idea for the Dolphins, a little bit of a spark. But then I'm in my head I'm going, dude, Rosen's going to take a bunch of sacks because he ain't willing to throw the ball up like Fitzpatrick is. Mm-hmm. And Rosen can't escape pressure like Fitzpatrick can. Fitzpatrick, whatever you say about him, he can kind of get away from it a little bit and he'll fling it. Rosen's going to sit there and take it like he has – in Arizona, like you did at UCLA, like the pressures and the sack numbers are going to go up because of that quarterback switch. I really believe that. All right, what do we have coming up today on the G-Bag Nation, General? Pure gold, as always, Skin. Thanks so much for asking. Uh, and by the way, it is one week until Flagtober. Yes. Uh, next Friday, I believe you guys have a remote uh, next Friday, and you'll have them from 10 to 2. And oh. then... You'll actually be the first show to have the brand new Tolo flags. Unbelievable. And then after after that, we're going to be on 2 to 6.30 in McKinney for the start of their Oktoberfest celebration, downtown McKinney. And then uh, the Tour Day DFW is going to be next Saturday uh, where we'll make a, a giant loop around North Texas and hand out flags in uh, about a dozen different municipalities. But coming up on the show today uh, at 2.20, if we assume victory, what else do you want or need to see from this Cowboys team on Sunday? Of course, we got the G-Bag of the day at 2.30, and we'll be talking Rangers baseball with Eric Nadell coming up at 5.20 as we turn towards the final week in the Globe Life and Park, uh, Park in Arlington's uh, Ranger history. Boom. We are headed towards air conditioning, and those G-Bag flags yes. are always the greatest promotional items ever. Um, each one of them is better than the last. And then this one says Tolo on it. I think this is just exceptional. Yeah, turn it on, leave it on, baby. Boom. Cannot wait for those. KT, do you have anything you need to promote? I'd like to promote uh, Shippy and I will be at Boomer Jacks in Fort Worth, the City View location, tomorrow right off 820 from 230 to 430. Hanging out, I'll have Tolo stickers, all that good stuff. Maybe we'll have a Dallas Cowboys autographed football to give away uh, for a little college football watch party. 2.30 to 4.30, Boomer Jackson, Fort Worth. Tomorrow. All right, fantastic. want to thank everyone who's been a part of this one, including Joan and Payroll, handling my 401k now, making sure I have enough money in there. I want to thank uh, the Vielmas at the front desk and then Samir and the boys downstairs. Those guys are always whipping up an incredible Mars in every single Oktoberfest. Coming up next, it's the nation. I want a mustache ride. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.